Career Disruptors is the podcast for senior managers who are not afraid to challenge the status quo, who challenge assumptions, and who push the boundaries and love shattering conventional wisdom. I'm Coach Caroline DeKimper, empowering professionals to build a personal brand that gives them the confidence they need to go after the career they want and deserve. This episode is the audio recording of a video or live stream because I know that many of you just love to listen to the juicy content. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Hey, it's Caroline, career and leadership coach. And today I'm going to talk about how to deal with underperforming colleagues. And it has been a topic that has come up with my clients that are going through uh, my six week intensive leadership training program and that they are working. So they're all managers, senior managers, and they're working with colleagues that they need to influence and they're not performing, they're not coming to the table, and it's driving them insane because basically it's affecting their deliverability. Now, for example, like uh, one of my clients needed to deliver uh, a very time-intensive program, and he needed to deliver that on Monday. So he needed to to work over the weekend, and he was assigned this guy as a part of the project team, And he knew that guy was just like not going to perform up to standard. So basically, like afterwards, because he had to take some actions during the weekend because he needed to get get it done and dusted. And afterwards, we analyzed it because he came to me and said, like, Caroline, what do I do? I have to work with this guy and I know he's underperforming. What are the steps that I can take to make sure it's my name, it's my reputation? I have to really go above and beyond, redo all his work, invest time or waste time that my precious time that I normally can spend with my family or I, uh, I have to ask my team or other people to actually cover up for his bad performance. And this is not the first time this has happened. This has happened again and again and again. Now, he's not the only one that's came with me with this with this question, how to deal with underperformance. Um, but like also a lot of other clients have come with the same problem. So I thought to make uh, a video about it. So a couple of things that you need to ask yourself first, because it's a very complex dynamic. It's a very complex situation. And depending on your situation, your individual situation, the answer will be different. But here are some guidelines. There are three questions that you need to kickstart with. And first of all, you need to identify if this is a pattern that the person has been underperforming for a while, or is this just like something recently that came up? The reason that you want to ask yourself that question is because like the person can actually go through a shitty time at at home. And so that could be a reason for his underperformance. So for you, it's important to understand like, is it something that has been going on? Everybody knows it, that this guy or this lady is underperforming, or is it just something recent? So that's the first question you have to ask yourself. What's what's the the answer to that question? The second question I want you to to ask, is it only you or is it only also to others? 
The reason this is important is because maybe you have rubbed him or her the wrong way and maybe that's why he's underperforming or is it something and on the performance across the board and it's something other people are picking up on too. And the reason that I uh, say this is such an important thing is because like one of my clients, she is dealing with a colleague that she knows like she's not getting the work quality out of her that she needs to. But nobody else has a problem with her and it's driving her insane. It's like they're all just think when I complain, like, it's you. You are the problem, not the, the, the person that's delivering the, the shitty quality work. So it's like, so you have to ask the question, is it you or is it across the board? And the last question I, I want you to ask, is it one of these three things? Is it the skill-based? Is it the performance-based? Or is it really resource-based? Because sometimes on the performance can be because like if they don't directly report into you that they have like they they have to cover for their colleagues and they're understaffed in another department, they flat out don't have the resources. Resource problem could be a skill-based problem, like that they, they don't they're out of their depth and they just like have to do something that they that they're not comfortable doing and it's not their their strength or genius zone. So it could be that they need training or they need to be upskilled in a certain area. So it could be a skill-based problem or it could be just a performance problem that they dropped the ball. So and then we actually go back to the other two, uh, other two questions. But it's so important that we identify on the performance where it's coming from from your colleague. And to be honest, this is not only with a colleague. This could also be with a, with a team member or an employee. But let's focus on the uh, on the colleague scenario now. So once you identify it, it doesn't justify it, but it helps you form a strategy. Okay, how am I now going to move forward? Because basically it's so important. We always want to come from a place of compassion. It's so easy to fall into the, being defensive or being argumentative or being righteous in a conversation. Like, hell, I have to admit, I had my share of situations that I'm not proud of on how I handled them. But you need to learn as a leader to step up and come from a place from compassion and really from understanding and really use your, uh, your skills in empathy and use your own emotional intelligence. Set your own feelings aside to actually be able to um, move that person forward in whatever it is because there is no way you're going to be able to to get to the outcome that you want if you are going to be defensive, if you are going to be righteous, if you're just going to tell them what the what to do and so on. So you have to come from a place that's really genuine. Otherwise, the relationship is never going to salvage. And that's okay. I was talking to a colleague today and like I said to her, like you have three options to do your job and that is so three options the first option is to accept accept that he's underperforming and that you have to redo the work second option would be to walk away and sometimes you can't do that and a third option is to confront those are the three options that you have you have to choose what you're going to do in any scenario 
Now, I want to share some, some key strategies that you can do. Like I said before, every situation is different. So it's not like a cookie cutter um, scenario that you can say like, okay, Caroline has said this and I'm going to just copy and paste and apply that to my situation. Like I said, you have to ask three questions and depending on the answer of those three questions, you might have a different approach because if, if you feel it's only you that they actually have difficulties with, one of the strategies that you can actually ask, and if it's what something that just happened recently and it's only you, then one of the things that you need to do as a leader is actually have a confrontational conversation. Now, confrontational conversation does not mean being aggressive or being passive, so not being aggressive and not being defensive. So those are the two things that are really, really important. You want to receive the feedback why this person is behaving the way he is or he or she is. And this could be that um, that you don't like what they say. You don't agree what they say. But here's the thing. It's not about whether you agree or not. It's how you made the other person feel. So whether it's right he or she is right, whether he or she is wrong, doesn't matter. It's how they feel, how they feel about you, how they feel about the situation. And if you want to clear this up, you need to make create a space for them to voice it and to co come from a space that has that compassion. And then you can go, go away, take a deep breath, Maybe swear, maybe drink a couple of bottles of wine, maybe think like how wrong he or she might be, but then basically you come to a resolution or you can actually work on a way forward and put your ego aside. This is so difficult even for me to do. It's like the difference between is something the right, what's the right way to do? Or my ego, does my ego want to fight for my right? <laughs> and so you want to make sure you don't come from an ego place. You want to come from a compassionate place to actually have that understanding. And people will sense that. If you're genuine in your approach, uh, then people will definitely sense that. Now, the second thing to do is to come from a place. So the first strategy is... Um, um, asking for feedback and having and coming from a place of compassion, not the, uh, being defensive. The second thing to do is to actually look at your own behavior. So, and this is not if it's a performance thing, because if it's a performance thing that's across the board, you have to think about how do I want to even spend energy really in this situation? Because it's not your job to work on their performance. Like, that is not your job. But if you say, like, look, it's just like um, uh, a, a different situation, a different dynamic, what you can do is actually, like, learn to play with it because a lot of people just want validation. They don't want to be defensive themselves or negative against you or really making things different. Yes, you have a small percentage of people that are really like a little bit like love the drama. But if they're not that person, um, then you actually can say, okay, let's see how we can work with that person. So you come up, instead of telling them what to do, and in a world these days of the disease of busyness, and I just can go on and on about this because everybody's so damn busy that they 
forget what's really important. And what's really important is that you don't bark at people and just tell them what to do. And you don't build a relationship by asking and engaging them only when you need to need their services or need their skills for a certain project. This is not how we work. But in the disease of being busy, this is what people revert to is really focused and having like limited tunnel view uh, and focus on their own thing and not really thinking about the long term bigger picture, which definitely I would encourage you to have a look at. But coming back to it is like instead of telling people what to do, whether it's a peer, whether it's like somebody like a cross-functional collaboration, another project manager, whatever it is, that uh, whoever it is that you work would, would be working with, to get buy-in, you make sure that you ask, their, the, uh, ask them their input, give them the options. If you want to steer it in a certain direction, you come with options. And yes, it takes maybe like five minutes longer to actually like do that instead of barking to them and telling them what to do, but you will get so much more out of it. And with this, it's also like, again, the ego might come to play because it is like, if it's your idea and you want to tell them what to do, and suddenly you have to take a distance and detach yourself that it's your idea and really like having them believe that it might be their idea that they come up, came up with, like, and like to, to have that buy-in, that is really like a hard thing for a lot of people to do. Really stepping away, don't let the ego take over and just getting their buy-in that way. So if you're dealing with an underperforming colleague and you know it's not um, uh, disengagement and stuff like that, um, and you might actually say like, oh, actually, sorry, we'll re 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 revert to that. If you know if you disengage in your project or in your thing that you need to deliver, then you actually want to make sure that you have the buy-in of that person. So if you want them to get the buy-in, how do you get buying is to actually make sure that you consult them, that you give them the options, that you actually make sure you understand their agenda. And, and then ultimately, you actually steer them in the direction that they might actually come up with the idea themselves. And you step away from it and you let them believe it's their idea. Because that is basically like one of the ways to get buying from them. And the last strategy that I want to share with you guys today is like you have to plan ahead. I know in the disease of being busy all the time and having a lot of spinning plates and having too much meetings and have too much Zoom calls and stuff like that uh, with all the whole company, it's like you need to start to plan still ahead. And that could be like even like a quarter. And if you do your strategy planning of a quarter, okay, these are the projects that we have to line up in the next three months, six months, nine months, a year, doesn't matter. You do your planning and then you think like, okay, this person that I know is underperforming, is an underperforming colleague. What is his involvement going to be in each of the projects? And if you say like, okay, I just need to him to him or her to have sign off on a certain project, but I know him or he or she is going to be difficult about it. Then, okay, that's one thing. Another one you can say like, look, 
I have like a project to deliver, but I know what impact is going to be. And if I be able to influence his two managers above him or the main director or the boss of his boss, like, and I can influence him, get his buy-in, he's not going to be my problem anymore. He or she is going to be the problem of that person that's going to work with me. So sometimes it's shifting your the scope of influence and the scope of your scope of visibility that you have and not thinking about your relationship just linear one person to another person that you that you know is underperforming or doesn't like you or whatever uh uh it doesn't work with you it's like not going over his his or her her head is actually looking how you can start that engagement on a bigger scale because that's basically going to help you because then they are not your problem anymore. Yes, you might need to still work with them, but you can actually say like, look, these are the directives that are given and you actually do all the project coordinating, coordination with a level above or the level above that. And then he becomes, he or she becomes uh, just uh, a player within the bigger scheme. It's not a linear, like you make it more dynamic than that. So these are some of the options that you can do. Like I said, it's not a cookie cutter approach in how to manage any of these situations, but it's always good to ch change your own perspective on, on things and to say like, okay, this is what's happening, what's causing that, and just spend some time in, in really analyzing the situation before jumping to conclusions and before really like labeling the person as like, he's a troublemaker, he's an underperformer, blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, what is really going on here? Is it on the performance? Is it skill-based? Is it, or do they need training? And then actually one of the last things I would say have an escalation process. Like if you really feel that person that you have to work with is underperforming and it's affecting your time and your team time, don't sit with it. Stand up, be assertive. Like one of the things that I teach in my program, in my training is like, okay, you can be very passive or very aggressive, but there is a middle ground that's being assertive. Like, how can you be assertive in a situation? And the most brilliant, easiest way to think about being assertive is like, okay, you put that into, 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 those, into those labels. It's like, what would be the passive way to deal with it? What would be the extremely aggressive way to deal with it? What's the middle ground? And you think about the opposites, because if we think about the two really extremes in this scenario, then it's easy to come to a middle ground. And then you take away the ego and say, like, look, if I don't come from a place of being egocentric, then what would that look like? What can that be? And that is basically your, the best way to escalate uh, escalate things or to have any confrontational uh, conversation with, with somebody, whether it's an employee, whether it's a colleague, or whether it's an external stakeholder. It's just like to make sure you're not a pushover and not uh, making sure that you're not a defensive asshole neither. It's being like assertive, being very strong in how you communicate communicate, being very authentic in, because it needs to be in integrity with you. And that is where authenticity and becoming assertive comes from, if it's really in line with who you are. 
I hope that makes sense. Um, in, and if you have any questions, please feel uh, feel free to reach out to me, direct message me or send me an email. More than happy to uh, get to know you and understand your individual situation. Now, if you say like, look, um, I want to I want to work with you. Um, I'm running my program, the Leadership Intensive Training, which is all about owning your greatness. It's about making sure that we take your personal brand because everyone has a personal brand and shift that personal brand into a leadership brand. Because a lot of people that I work with they have a great reputation, they have a great network, but it just their current personal brand if they want to step up and step up, it's not always like um, stepping up in the corporate on the corporate ladder. It might be stepping up in terms of like expanding your reach, expanding your influence, having bigger individual uh, contributor projects, but making sure that you get heard uh, when you speak and that you're more that you want to increase your visibility in the organization. If that is of interest, I'm, uh, the doors are open to register for my six week intensive leadership training uh, that is called Own Your Greatness. I will pop a link below. It is uh, uh, at, at the moment with an early bird price. And so we start the 9th of November. Um, and uh, if you join now, there will be some pre-work that I'll also like have you do. We can already like discuss like certain things that you want to achieve during the program. But it's a beautiful program if you say like, I have a great personal brand, ready to shift that now in a leadership brand um, and want to make that happen. Because what you want to do, guys, is because you want to be ready to position yourself for the next step in your career. Whatever that next step looks like, you want to be ready. And there's always things that are going to come up. Um, and I know that busyness and the disease of busyness is always going to be uh, a part of it, but you have to prioritize yourself also. You have to make sure you have time to invest in yourself because otherwise you're going to stagnate in your career and stagnation in your career means that you're going to go backwards, whether you want it or not. And I know that we all are busy, but sometimes, uh, not sometimes, it is important to make time for yourself, for your own development, whether you're, it's personal development or career development, and that you keep on moving forward and that you don't become stagnant. Because we all know that stagnation is not good. Like, look at water that's stagnant. It's like it becomes really 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 bad it's like uh we were in uh, this is of the <laughs> totally of, of the topic but um a couple of years ago we uh were in thailand and yeah had like a lot of mosquitoes in stagnant water pools and uh, in thailand mosquitoes can uh, can have dengue fever uh can um, have dengue and we had two people uh in our group that actually got dengue fever so it's not a pleasant super uh, pleasant disease if you if you know about it so just like stagnation is not good <laughs> so you don't want to stagnate in in your career anyway i will pop a link below to a link to uh, register for that program and to join that program um, if you have any questions, reach out. And if you randomly came across this video, please reach out to me, like connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm all about increasing my connections and my network so I can actually help spread the words of what I do uh, with more people and can help 
people really transform their career because I am on a mission to help like middle and senior managers to stop playing small, to settling for mediocre jobs and a mediocre career. It's all about really stepping in your greatness. And um, I want you to feel fulfilled, challenged, challenged and get paid what you're worth so if this is something that you want to do like hit me up have a chat with me and we'll we'll see how i can help you take your career to the next level all right guys thank you so much and i will see you in the next live thanks bye Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Career Disruptors podcast. If you did, please head over to iTunes and leave a review. And if you want to take the next step in your career and you want to discover how I can help you, head over to my website, newhorizoncoaching.com.au and discover how we can work together or download any of my free resources. Thanks again and I'll connect with you on the next episode.